Welcome you to the house of the Lord this morning. Glad to see everybody here. Hope all of us has made preparations to meet the Lord and remember our favorite Jesus Christ in this service this day as we remember him. Uh, that's, uh, has anybody got any announcements they need to make? We need to keep Jelly Bean on our prayer list for sure because he's not doing very well. Let's open our hymnals to 101. Stand, please. Heavenly Father, I would ask that you would be with Dean this morning as he brings us words and scriptures that will draw our attention to your son and the sacrifice that he made for us. I would ask that each person here would have made the necessary repentance and that we would truly be worthy of receiving the emblems of your son, the juice and the bread, and that we might remember the sacrifice that Jesus laid down for us and that we might live for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Genesis chapter 5, verse uh, 44 and 45. And thus the gospel began to be preached from the beginning, being declared by holy angels, sent forth from the presence of God, and by his own voice, and by the gift of the Holy Ghost. And thus all things were confirmed unto Adam by the holy ordinance and the gospel preached and the decree sent forth that it should be in the world until the end thereof. And thus it was. Amen. When I was ordained years ago up in Bartlesville, I asked Brother Sheeler, I says, you know, how do you do your sermons he says I tell them what I'm going to tell them then I tell them then I tell them what I told them then I sat down so <clears throat> from that scripture I don't know if you gleaned or not but we're going to talk a little bit about the gospel and the kingdom of God there's a riddle that was supposedly asked by Abraham Lincoln to a group that he was talking to once. How many legs does a dog have if you call the tail a leg? Anybody? He still has four. It doesn't make a difference what you call the tail. It is not a leg. And again, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come for the destruction of the wicked. That's Matthew 24, verse 32. On the Mount of Olives, the few days before Jesus Christ's death, he told his disciples that before he returned to earth, in power and glory, that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness to the nations. So what is this gospel? Missionaries have gone all over the world to preach this gospel. Yet they come with a hodgepodge of doctrines, beliefs, and messages. Some of these preachers of the gospel have not only denounced other missionaries, they've even incited rights against some of them. Sometimes it makes you wonder if Jesus Christ would even recognize these gospels that is preached in his name. Where did so many different ideas about the gospel originate? I think some of these missionaries call the stuff they preach as the gospel, kind of like calling a dog's tail a leg. It just doesn't make it so. You know, I didn't realize until I was trying to prepare this that in the King James Version of the Bible, in those... Matthew, Mark, Luke, it says the gospel according to Matthew, 
the gospel according to Mark. Look in your inspired version and see what the headings are in that. It says the testimony of Matthew, the testimony of Mark. It's not the gospel according to. The English word gospel is translated from a Greek term that literally means good news. Jesus Christ came with a message. That message was good news about the kingdom of God. There are many people in the world who are anxiously waiting and wanting to know what their mission and destiny is. It is important that we know what part our life plays. Let's look at the message that Jesus proclaimed about the kingdom. What message did he actually preach? His was not a message of social action, though it will change the personal lives and behaviors of those who follow him. It was not a pie-in-the-sky hope of heaven, ignoring the real problems in today's world. Although his message brings hope for the future, it is the only hope for today's problems. Here's what Matthew tells us about the Christ that brought us that message. Matthew 3:24. And it came to pass that Jesus grew up with his brethren and waxed strong and waited upon the Lord for the time of his ministry to come. And he served under his father, and he spake not as other men, neither could he be taught, for he needed not that any man should teach him. And after many years, the hour of his ministry grew nigh. Now the good news that Jesus brought was not his own, but it came from the Father. Acts 10, 36. The word which, Jesus, which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. The word which God sent. John 7, 16 and 17. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but him that sent me. And if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak myself. So it came from God the Father. Jesus was the messenger. He came showing us the way by which we could be reconciled to God and receive the inheritance as part of God's family. Most of his messages have been greatly misunderstood by most of those that have claimed that claim to preach it. The gospel is God's plan and purpose for mankind. The gospel explains that the God of heaven will set up a kingdom based on righteousness. 
from Daniel McGregor's book, Marvelous Work and a Wonder, quote, let me ask you your nationality. Is it British, American, English, or what? There's something better than all of these. It is to be a citizen in the kingdom of God. An erroneous idea popular and entertained is that the kingdom of God is kind of an etherical influence existing everywhere and nowhere in particular. Kind of like calling a dog's tail a leg. It doesn't make it so. The gospel is a story of redemption and salvation. The gospel reveals the very purpose of human existence. For almost 6,000 years, God has allowed human beings to try to solve their own problems. Mankind's response has been a dismal failure. Again, from the marvelous work and wonder, McGregor exp explains a little bit about God's kingdom. Quote, an organization of a kingdom character must, in order to give it existence, possess certain fixed and indispensable features. Number one, it must have citizens or subjects. Number two, it must have a king or a ruler. Number three, it must have officers representing the king. It must have laws for the preservation of order and protection of its citizens. Number five, it must have a means of admittance where others' desires of becoming citizens of the kingdom may be admitted. The kingdom of God has all these features, end quote. So we can go look at our beliefs and our gospels and to become a citizen of that kingdom, we have the principles of the gospel, faith, repentance, so on. So there's one of the things that we have to have. A modern-day Bible student will not be surprised to learn of the deplorable situation of Christendom today. The gospel explains that sinners can only be brought to harmony with God through a Savior. The penalty for sin has to be paid. Jesus Christ said this when he offered himself as a sacrifice to pay for those sins. John explains that before Christ's birth here on earth, Jesus Christ was from the beginning with God. He was the one by whom the physical creation was brought into being. That's in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the gospel preached through the Son, and the gospel was the Word, and the Word was with the Son, and the Son was with God, and the Son was of God. The same was in the beginning with God. 
All things were made by him, and without him was was anything made which was made. The gospel explains the need for faith and repentance. Faith is the confidence that God will fulfill his promises. Faith is living and real and will produce a change in our life. If we truly believe God, then we will surrender our lives and our will to him. This is the essence of repentance. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come into his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. About four centuries after this was given, Jesus Christ strolled into the temple of God in Jerusalem. He preached the gospel and performed miracles. Nicodemus, one of the Sanhedrin, went to Jesus privately after this to uh, learn more about his message. And you can find that in the third chapter of John. <clears throat> Jesus came as the messenger of the new covenant that had been prophesied by Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31, verse 31 through 33. Behold, the days cometh, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, in that day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt, but which my covenant they break, although I was a husband to them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write upon their hearts and will be their God, and they shall be my people. I think he's talking about the Ten Commandments as being the old law, the old covenant. The new law will be written in their hearts. It sounds like two different covenants, doesn't it? In Galatians 4, 21 through 33, Paul tries to explain what that meant. He used the story of Hagar and Sarah. Paul draws a comparison between the earthly city of Jerusalem and the new Jerusalem, which ultimately will come down from heaven and will be a dwelling place for the children of God. He explained that those who were citizens of the earthly rule were spiritually enslaved in sin, just as those in, the, in Jerusalem were enslaved by the Romans. The old covenant did not offer an escape from the second death. Various works and rituals could not erase sin and its penalties. The blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. The old covenant, symbolized by Hagar, 
led to bondage. The son of Hagar was a result of human efforts. The son of Sarah was a result of God's miraculous intervention. 2 Corinthians 4.1 Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded. But who's the God of this world? Satan? He has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. From 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 through 19. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, that the time of your sojourning here in fear, for so as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as gold and silver and gold, from your vain conversations received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, without spot. So our redemption was not from the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats, but from the blood of Christ. And that's what we are here today to remember. Let's open our hymnals to 262 while the emblems are being prepared. 262.
this time, let us bow as uh, near as possible while the blessing is read on the bread. O oh God, the eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance of the body of thy Son and witness unto thee, O oh God, the eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son and always remember him and keep his commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. Amen. And let us bow as the blessing is read on the wine. O God, the eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this wine to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, 
that they may witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his spirit to be with them. Amen.
May we bow our heads in prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you and we praise you, Father, for that sacrifice that was made in our behalf. And today, Heavenly Father, as we were partaking of these emblems in remembrance of him, we pray that that spirit will always be with us to guide us and direct us into the paths of righteousness. And Heavenly Father, we would ask this morning that you would be with all those that are sick, those that are afflicted, that our prayers would come up to you, Heavenly Father, and be a blessing unto them to relieve them of their pains and their sicknesses. I continue to pray, Father, for those that have had loved ones pass on, for the hurt and the disappointment that they feel in their lives might be filled with joy, might be filled, Father, with the Holy Spirit to realize in their lives that they're with you and that they yearn for the day that they'll all be together again. And we would ask, Father, for that spiritual guidance every day in our lives that we may walk uprightly in this world setting that good example to be the light into the world. And I pray, Heavenly Father, and ask that each one here would be blessed this day with safe travel as they travel to their places of home, that we all might be lifted up and guided and directed into that path that you desire us to walk in. I pray for our elderly, Heavenly Father, that you continue to bless them with good health. And I pray that... Uh, We'll soak up the testimonies that have been shared throughout our lives with our brothers and our sisters to enlighten us and to keep us united, that we would always be together and trust and abide in this gospel. And may your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with each and every one of us in every days of our lives, that we can bring souls unto thy kingdom. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for the blessings of life and for this day. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Thank each one of you for being here today. Thankful for your sermon, brother. We will have class at 5 o'clock this evening and prayer service at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. I'd like to see all of you here and, and uh, our prayers will be with you and pray that you'll be with each one of us and with our friends and our sick folks. Let's, uh, in closing, let's open our hymnals to 390 and Brother Jim will offer our benediction 390 stand please 